but church is far more better. I love to be with you, especially on Sundays. Well, as you will see, I'm dressed to preach. <laughs> oh. Let's open our Bible to the letter of Paul to the Philippians. Letter of Paul to the Philippians. Chapter 1. I want to read from verse 1 through 7. Verse 1 through 7. Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am, for I am confident of this very thing, Verse 6, for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all, because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in the defense of and confirmation of the gospel. You all are partakers of grace with me. May God bless his, his word. Paul, I think everyone loves Paul. Every Christian loves the Apostle Paul. He was a highly, in my opinion, a highly positive individual. He dealt with assurances, and he never left anyone in doubt concerning his position and the subject he spoke about. No matter how great the difficulty, Paul was optimistic concerning the outcome. I like optimistic people, you know that. So that's new, and we should be, because we have Christ at the end of this journey. The most optimistic destination is heaven for us. So that's great. He wrote to the church in Philippi saying, in verse 4, in chapter 4, 13, this wonderful phrase, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Always certain that he was on the winning side. He was, truly. If you, if you read, read his story, through all what he went through, okay, he was always on the winning side. He lived humbly. He trusted completely in his ministry, knowing that the Lord was the one who stood behind him all the time. 
He wrote this letter commending the church at Philippi and commending the Christians. And he says, I thank God, in verse 3, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. He, when he remembered the Christians at Philippi, when he remembered the church at, at Philippi, he, was, he remembered them and a smile came upon his face. He remembered them and said, and then he, he tells them this, which is going to be our uh, theme this uh, morning, our theme. He said, I'm confident. Look at verse 6. I am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. I looked in the dictionary of the word perfected. He will perfect it. Let me see uh, where I can find it here. And it says, Webster says, entirely without any flaws. The work, remember that, the work he began in you, Jesus will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ, until the day he comes back to take the church with him. And the word perfect or perfected entirely without any flaws, until he is done with us to become entirely without any flaws. Christian, if you think you have flaws today, God is going to work on them. Amen? He is going to work on them until he perfects them. And then he goes on. Uh, no more defects and no more shortcomings. So smile, dear Christians, if you have shortcomings today. Who doesn't have them? Who doesn't have defects? Ask my wife, she'll find 20,000 defects in me, you know. We do. And he is going to perfect them until his day. And then I, I looked at it, I say, and he says, until we become so accurate. We cannot say we're accurate today. So accurate, exact, or correct, excellent, complete beyond the practical or theoretical improvement. And finally, the... Webster says, to bring to perfection without any flawlessness or faults. Christian, remember, one day you're going to stand before him flawless. No need for corrections anymore. Today, we need correction every day. Do you agree with me? Well, in order to, let's, let's take a, a little few minutes here with our Apostle Paul and see what he has for us, what he means. Uh, what I take from this verse that I'm going to talk about, and the Apostle Paul too, that God is always working. God is always working. Since God created this world, which was the work of his hands, we say, he kept on working. Do you think he stopped? 
There's a song that says, God is still working on me, right? And then there's, when uh, I, I see it on the bumper, bumper sticker, he ain't done with me, right? He ain't done with me. Is he done with you? No. He just started. And he's working. And do not lose heart because God is working. You know, God is always working. That is an encouragement to each and every one of us today that he will not leave us the way we are until he is done with us. Do not be dismayed. Do not lose heart. When Jesus was here on earth, he never stopped working. In John chapter 9, verse 4, he says, We, Jesus is talking about, look, we, God and I, we must the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no man can work. So, as you sit in your comfortable seat this morning and soon afternoon, don't think that you are a hopeless case. Don't think I have failed God so many times. Don't think that it's over. He, I'm, so, I'm such a sinner that he, can, he cannot do it. God can save the worst sinners in the world. God saves murderers. God saved people. I mean, we have examples in the Bible. That we have examples that comes that you all know. The, the thief on the cross. He didn't have to do anything except take Jesus. He, God was still working on the cross of Calvary. God is still working. He did not give up on you regardless. Do not lose heart this morning. When the Lord healed the sick man at the pool of Bethesda, and most probably heard about that, and the Jews didn't like it, and they, start, they intensified their persecution of him, listen what he answered them and what he told them. My father is working until now, and I myself am working. So you have someone working for you, and do not give up. We thank God who is still working every day, and he is working for you and for me. He is our advocate, Dean. Every time I address him, put him in a corner, he said, I'll check with my attorney. You see? See that? First John 2, 1, okay? He, whenever... I give him a certain thing, he says, I'll check with my attorney. If he agrees, okay, I'll agree with you. And I come up with different stories. He carries our burdens, doesn't he? He forgives our sins. Did he forgive them? And he is willing today to forgive you all your sins if you come to him. He governs his church. He guides every believer who seeks his guidance. He'll not force himself on you. If you seek his guidance, he's going to guide you and give you a wonderful life. And above all, he is always protecting his own. In uh, Psalms 121 and verse 3, he says, he will not allow, remember, Christian, this is for you. I want to encourage you this morning. He will not allow your foot to slip. 
He will not. He who keeps you will not slumber. And sometimes we face very, very testing situations. I said, God, where are you? You left me. Are you asleep? He never sleeps. He will not slumber. Remember that. But he lets us go through some testing, some situations, so we can get closer to him and seek his will. And he will. He wants to just fix our lives the way he wants them to be. He's working in your life and mine. I can't say there's one day that God does not work in my life. And I want him to work. But he, he works sometimes slowly, but surely. We spoil his work when we interfere with him and we want things done our way. So remember, if he's working, do not interfere with his work. Surrender to that because he is working to improve your life and minds. He is working. Remember just where you were. Christians and those who are not saved this morning, where, where you are, where we were, open with me to Ephesians 2.12. What does it say? Would you put it on the board, please? Brad. Remember, I'll read it, that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope. This is where you were and where I was, and without God in this world. This is where we were. If there's someone this afternoon who is still there, I have news for you. I have good news for you. God is working to change your condition. Christians, where are you now? To show you his work. He works systematically. Where are we now? In 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. John chapter 3, verse 2. Actually, this verse has 2A and B. And we're looking at both. Verse 2. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not appeared as yet what we will be. Stop here. What are we now? We were without God in this world. We were without, without hope. We were lost. We were away from the commonwealth. But what are you now? Can someone tell me? Beloved, we are now what? Children of God. What a transformation. This is God's work. This is not your work nor mine. We were not born into the family of God by, a, by our will. It's the Holy Spirit. By the power of God that changed us and made us what we are today. You are now a child of God. Okay, and what will you be? See his work. I said systematically he works and he fulfills it to the end. As we read this morning 
and he is going to perfect it. Look, look the second part of the verse. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. How are you going to be in the future? You ask someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know where we're going even. But we know where we're going. We know we're going to be with Christ forever and ever. Amen? We know. And now, how are we, what are we going to be? Read it. It's in the word of God. We are going to be like him. Is that perfection? He will perfect it until the end. That's what he means. Until the day of Christ Jesus. Someone, someone wrote this. He says, he who guides the countless planets through the endless realms of space walks beside me, works for me, and guards and guides me by his never failing grace. Now, is God working? Yes? No? Is he working in your life? Is he convicting you of anything that you do every, sometimes or most of the times? He's working. He is working and he will not stop. And God also works in his church. He's, he works in his church. Every local congregation like ours is precious in God's sight. This is why Paul writes to the Philippians and he tells them and guides them and if you read these four chapters of Philippians you will get a lot of what God has and had for them at that time and has for us today as the church of God. God works. He loves each one as the bridegroom loves his bride. That's the life that the love he loves us with. He expects each local church to be a body through which he can do his work in the world. And that's the challenge today. God is working. And how does he do his work? As I said, the title of this second thing, he, he works in his church and through his church. And I want to ask you a question. As a member of this congregation, what are you doing for Christ? What do you work? What's your work? We thank God today for Adam and his wife. They worked for Christ. They sang a beautiful song. And they serve the Lord. That's, a, that's wonderful. What are you doing in your church? What are you doing for the Lord Jesus Christ? What kind of work you're doing? Are we coming here to warm the seat and go home? No. We're coming here to take orders from Christ and go out and work for his church in the world and win souls for him. The church at Philippi 
was a work of God's grace because he did work in that church. From few women, remember how the church started there, from few women who met by the riverside in the city of Philippi to a church well-functioning in a loving spirit. He was convinced that the gates of hell also will not prevail against it. And I will have one word for the church today. From few people who started this church some years ago to what we are today, this is only the work of God, not the work of any man under the sun. It's not for someone to say, to pride himself or herself, what has happened? No. The Lord started a good work in Philippi. The Lord started a good work in this church. And this is why he's working in this church and in every, in every church that believes on the Lord Jesus Christ and preaches the Lord Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. The Lord works with that church. The Lord works in his church. The Lord works in the congregation. The Lord works in the lives of every believer. You're a member of this church. God is working through you. The good work that started by God, it is here in the church, and it's in every individual. Elders, pastors, bishops are not alone in their work. Let me tell you that. I want to encourage our elders today and all the deacons too. God is with them. God is working through them and with them. The congregation is not without help. God is our helper. The Holy Spirit attends every meeting because the Bible tells us where two or three are gathered together. Would you complete that there? This is the work that God does. He is working in his church. The Lord started our church here. He gave us this building. Thank God for that. We always thank him. He added to our number. And our success does not rest on human strength of the members at all. But rather in the power of God. God is working. And we're, you're sitting at your, at your bench today. Oh, remember, if God is working, is he working through me? Is he using me? And in what capacity if he's using you? A helper? A builder? Remember that. And he gave us principles. And we thank God that he is working his principles through the life of each and every believer. And as he said, he started the work in Philippi. He started the work in you and with us here. He will perfect it until he comes. 
Persecution may come, right? We've seen some. Trials we have seen. Threats we have experienced. Miracles are still being performed. And we are continuing this journey with him. It's all because he started a good work in us. And God is still working in his church. One spirit, one mind, one goal. One spirit, one mind, one goal. And that goal, to win souls for him and to meet him at the end of the journey. That's our hope. And he continues perfecting the saints on a daily basis. God is working in his church. May each and every person now in attendance say, Lord, please work in me. Work in me. Use me. Use me. Let me be effective in my, in our, in my church. I don't want to be a church goer. I want to be effective. I want to be a supporter. I don't want to be a hinderer. I want to be a builder. That's how God works in the members of the assembly. And we thank God for many workers. As we speak here, there are Sunday schools going up there. There's teachers working. They study at home. They conduct the, the Sunday schools at, for various ages. And they are working for the kingdom of God. May God bless them all. And may God bless each and every one. You have responsibilities. I don't want to see anyone without any responsibility. Come to, the, come to uh, those people responsible and tell them, what can I do for my church? I want to work. God is working. I want him to use me. My third point and last point. God works to save individuals. God said, is working day and night. God is working in his church through us. And may we respond. And third, God works through individuals. God is unchanging. We spoke about that three weeks ago. To Paul, God could both bring down people and raise up people. What he means, he could destroy that which needed to be destroyed, but build on the ruins an even greater place. If God brings judgment, listen to this. Listen to this. If God brings judgment, it is for correction or redemption rather than punishment. If you feel his heavy hand on you, remember that he wants to make a better person out of you. Do not complain. If you're sitting in your seat now and say, somehow I'm convicted, respond. Do not shut the voice of conscience. Respond. He wants to make a better person out of you. If there is sin, he's putting his hand on it just by being at church because the Holy Spirit works. 
respond to that and say, well, truly God is working in my life. Respond positively. Throughout the history of humankind, his sovereign grace led people to repentance and a better life. After all, that's why he came. He is still working. And he is working to save you this afternoon. He continues to transform chaotic lives with his peace and quiet all stormy lives. Is there a storm going in your life? Is there a problem you cannot even re resolve today? Is God speaking to you while sitting here because that's the way he works through the Holy Spirit and convicting you and there is a big problem in your life going on? Just listen to his voice. Come to me. I'll give you rest. We find today amongst the redeemed many who were once wild, rebellious, lost sinners, and bound in shackles, touched by his hand, sitting down, clothed, and in their right mind. I was one of them. Paul was one of them. Every non-believer was one of them. And look at you where you are now, sitting in your right mind. He is above all merciful, compassionate, and forgiving to repentant people. He is still working. He is still working. He never takes vacation. We take vacations. He never has a day off. He never sleeps. He is God. And you can come to him for any problem. And you will, he will not say, no, no, sorry, I'm retired. We are retired, you know. We get retired from business work. But we cannot retire from serving God. Amen. Don't ever, don't ever listen to that. If one day I tell you I'm going to retire, okay, get marshmallows and stone me. <laughs> right, Mike? Maybe, maybe stones, maybe stones, my guy. <laughs> no, no, no. What I mean, he is there. Day and night. Vacation or no vacation, it's not in the Bible. It's not. Retirement is not for Christians. I read sometimes about pastors retiring. What a big mistake. Did, did, did Paul retire? I have fought a good fight until the day they cut his head. Did Peter retire? Did John retire? At his old, old age, they banished him. They banished him. To, a, to an island. And there, in, when he was old, he gave us the essence of revelation of Jesus Christ. God uses his people. 
God uses each and every person who surrendered to him. And God will take you if you surrender your will to him. He is in business to save souls. We worship the same God that Paul worships. The God who never lets you down. The one who never changes can change you and start a good work to you. And he can say, the work I start to you today, I will perfect it until I come. How about that? Don't let this opportunity pass you by. The Lord is in business to save individuals. As remind me, I read a story a long time ago about a person who was happy. So an atheist came to him. Don't you hate those atheists? I don't love them. I'm sorry. The Lord loves them. We should love them to save them. And he said, could you tell me some, something about creation? Adam, you heard that? Okay, creation. This is good. You'll enjoy it, Adam. The man answered, sir, I cannot answer all the questions about your question about creation. But this I know. Please listen. One night, God stooped down and picked me up. The dirtiest piece of mud in this city. That's, that's what he said about himself. The dirtiest piece of mud in this city breathed upon it by his Holy Spirit and changed a gambling, thieving, drinking wretch into a peace-loving man of God. I was that man. Wherever you are in your seat, wherever you are in your life, whatever your sin is, it could be like this man or not. God worked in him. And changed him. And he, he said, I don't care about the theologies and all the world. I know one thing. God, through his work, has changed my life. God is working. And he is here to change your life. He works to save individuals. And he can save you today. The God of the past... The God of Paul, the God of Peter, the God of, the, of those disciples, the God of all the believers who went before us, all the men of God and women of God, is the God of the present. The God of the yesteryears is the God of now. The God of the day is still the God in the night. Whatever your case is, he can save you. He's looking for you. He wants to change you. He wants to save you. He wants to give you a good life. He wants to make a creation, a new creation out of you. And he's calling you by name today to respond. I can start a good work in you. And I promise you, I will perfect it until the day I come back to take you 
to live with me. Would you answer, Jesus, I come? Let's bow our heads for prayers. That's the question. Would you answer, Jesus, I come? Would you tell him, take my life, Lord? Here I am. He's working. Would you say, Lord, I give you my life. Change me. Do your work in my life. I believe. Then, Give your heart to him. Accept him as your savior. Accept his work that he's done and the promise that he's made. And you will be a child of God. You will live happily ever after. Our Father, as we come to you at this very moment, we ask you to speak to each and every heart Encourage the Christian, Lord, that you're still working and you will never leave us nor forsake us. And those whose lives are still outside you, without you, we pray, Lord, that through the Holy Spirit you speak to their hearts. Help them to surrender their lives to you and accept you as their Savior. Bless each and every one. Those who are on vacation, be with them. Those who are sick, heal them. And bless your church, Lord. Bless your church and continue your blessings upon us. We pray for our country. We pray for our nation. We pray for the chaotic situations that we are in. Well, though we know these are the last days, help us, Lord, to listen to your voice and get closer to you. Dismiss us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. The meeting is over. If you feel like talking to me after the meeting, I'll be sitting in the front seat. You want to talk to me about your life, about your salvation, I'm available. God bless you and be with you. The meeting is over.